Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has announced that she is going through the 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 procedure of trying to put a dome over Soldier Field, which to me is an absolute waste of time. It feels like the Bears in Chicago are like a couple in a rom-com who one of them is already ready to move on. They've already got a partner lined up. They're ready to end the relationship. On the other side, there's the other person who wants to keep the magic going. They're willing to get, I don't know, hair transplants, maybe go to the gym. But all these cosmetic things are too little, too late. For me, the best thing to do with the Chicago Bears is just, just move on. It's time to go. Enough of the thing with the dome. We don't, we don't need it. I love history as much as anybody else, and I love the history of Soldier Field. But I will tell you this. When you have an opportunity to build your own stadium, you got to go ahead and do it. And you also have to go ahead and Sammy – Start the show. Go ahead and have Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Thanks to all of you who have downloaded or watching us on YouTube, or if you're joining us on AM 1530 WCKG Chicago, We this is the Chicago home for the Sick Podcast. You can listen to us every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time. And following us, it is the No Name Pod with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee. They do a great job, a great two-hour power hour of Bears football, and you know what? We've got a great show uh, for you today. Now, we talked a little bit about the stadium. Aaron Rodgers has a new tattoo, new tattoo, a new tattoo, whatever. Listen, all that would be huge news if not for our first guest, and I'm going to waste no time getting to him because he was a standout prep player in Alabama, highly sought after. Every major university wanted him to come play for their school, but he went on to play for USC, played for the Trojans, had a great career there. Oh, my gosh. I started him in a fantasy league when he had this sick touchdown against the UCLA, the hated UCLA Bruins. And, of course, he went on to finish his college career at the University of Tennessee. I could go on and on, but why don't we go back out to Las Vegas for the introduction to our guest today. Take it away. With the 71st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select 
Bayless Jones, wide receiver, Tennessee. That's right. Joining us today is Bayless Jones, Jr., my best friend, by the way. And uh, Bayless, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, I got to be honest with you. Now, you're sitting there wearing the Panini America swag, which I appreciate. Already learning these lessons that I need to impart upon you. Uh, the first, and here's another one. Here's a freebie for you, Bayless. When people come up to you and they will ask you about the stadium situation, defer. Don't, don't take a side. Just be like, when they say, hey, what do you think about moving from Soldier Field? Say, the only field I care about is catching touchdowns from Justin Fields. That's yeah. your answer. That's yeah. your answer from now on. I want you to use that, okay? Yeah. This is what we do. This is, a, this is how our relationship is going. But we met each other at, the, at the, uh, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum for the Panini NFL Rookie Premier. I approached you, told you that I was going to be your best friend. Be honest. I, I scared you a little bit, didn't I? No, you didn't scare me. Um, no, it, it definitely felt good, you know, when you got people, you know, that believe that believes in you and, you know, that knows what you're capable of and what you can do. And so, man, it, it was a good time, especially meeting you. No, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was telling everybody because I had spent some time with Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dubs of the Green Bay Packers, of the hated Green Bay Packers. And by the way, if anybody ever asks you about Aaron Rodgers' tattoo – to say he's a great quarterback. Leave it at that. Don't, no need to weigh in on any of that stuff. I'll take care of that. You just sit there. You catch touchdowns, and you're like, sir, I don't know. It, it, it's his body, whatever. I don't care. Um, but I had met Christian Watson, and I had met Romeo, and they were delightful individuals, and I, I, I kind of didn't like it. And I was like, if Valus turns out to be a not good person, I'm going to be mortified. I would probably stop. I, I would have stopped the podcast. <laughs> but you were you were you're a delightful young man. So I appreciate you being great. I appreciate you being so gracious. So thank you for all that. Hey, no problem. That's just you know how I was raised. That's who I am. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Now you were you were raised in Alabama, and you know you again you were a a highly decorated player in high school. How did you end up at USC? A big part of that, you know, being recruited by T. Martin, which is a hometown hero. Uh, yeah. Won national championship at Tennessee, but you know just the history of T. Martin in Mobile, Alabama. He was at USC at the time and became the OC as um, OC as well, and he was also the receiver coach. He was a big part of my um, recruitment, and you know that relationship it built over time. They offered me my junior year, and that's when I committed. So you know, it, um, I rode that all the way until my senior year, and. Like I said, it was like a, um, a bun there, you know, him being from back home. So, you know, he understand, you know, how I came up and everything about my game, even coming to like multiple practices and, you know, him seeing and telling me um, how it was going to be used and what I need to work on. So it was like I can visualize, you know, planning that system and the things, you know, I was going to be developed at because I had the raw talent. You know, I just need to be polished up a little. So it was a relationship, a growing relationship. So that was a huge part of why I went to USC. T. Martin, of course, is now the wide receivers coach for the Baltimore Ravens, which Baltimore, hands off. Bayless is ours. So you guys, you worry about Rashad Bateman and those guys. Bayless <laughs> is, all, is all ours. And you had a good career, but you did have a good career at USC. At, when your time there was over, you could have certainly gone to the NFL. 
you certainly have, like you said, you have the tools. You would have gone to the combine. Your speed is your speed. Your skills are your skills. You would have been highly sought after like you were this season. You decided to go to Tennessee where, of course, you just mentioned T. Martin won a national championship. By the way, T. Martin won a national championship at Tennessee. The guy in front of him did not. And that guy was, uh, oh, what's oh, yeah, Peyton Manning. So remember that. T. Martin delivered the national championship to Tennessee. Indeed. Why did you was is that how you ended up at Tennessee then? Um, yeah, that was a that was a reason, but it wasn't the only reason. Um, T being the receiver coach and assistant head coach, I knew how I was going to be coached, and I knew what was expected mm -hmm. of me. But also at the time, you know, Jim Taney was there, and years prior when he was at Georgia, I just seen mm -hmm. all the success Georgia had, even with receivers um, making big plays and big time games, and you know them playing on that playoffs level and you like um a receiver like Miko Hartman with similar um similar yeah. my own um seeing how they utilize him and put him in position um to be successful and use him in all different type of ways and also Jawan Jennings and Marquez Calloway into the draft so only guy that really had game time experience was Josh Palmer at the time so it was like two empty slots and so I was like like God could have made it any more clear for me. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to Tennessee. And it, it, it feels like a great decision because, as you said, it does give you some time to continue to develop. One of the things that I always appreciated and going back and watching a lot of your tapes, I was very familiar with you at USC. And when you went to Tennessee as a West Coast snob, sometimes, you know, you lose sight of people. But I do know that every time you played one of the blue bloods of the SEC, whether you're going up against Alabama or whomever it was, you always seem to play your best against the best teams. Is that been a mentality of yours over the course of your life? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a mentality. Even from Parkley playing a team that was undefeated since they were like four years old all the way to nine, and I played on that team. And yeah. beat them when I came to Sarah Land, <laughs> I was been a mentality of like, you know, the big team, the bad team, you know, that nobody can beat, nobody can stop. Because, you know, I've been an underdog my whole life from yeah. Parker, you know, all the way up to now. And that's fine with me. You know, I just keep God first and I'll, you know, control what I can control and I'll um, beat the odds every time. But it's crazy how, you know, I grew up a Florida family. Mm -hmm. So I, like, never liked Alabama. <laughs> And I can say that now because I'm in the league. I never liked Alabama. And one of my dreams was to beat Bama and also score a touchdown. So I never beat Alabama. Um, but I did score the first um, – our first drive, I scored the first points for Tennessee versus the Alabama game. So a dream did come true. But I could never – I could never stand Alabama, honestly. Never could. You – do you understand now that your new Alabama is Green Bay? And we're going to, but the thing is, we're going to beat Green Bay. You're going to score multiple touchdowns against it, but you understand the mission now. Like that, that is, I want you to focus. Uh -huh. You don't have to, don't, 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 you don't have to talk smack on that, but just understand that that's the team that we need to beat. You understand that now, yes? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just pretend. Just when you go out there, just pretend that 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 green and gold is the uh, maroon of Alabama, and you'll be you'll be just fine. And that, but that is one of the things again that I absolutely loved is this that dog mentality that you had in those big games. And like you said, there's a chip on your shoulder. 
And, you know, and you go through the combine, what was that combine experience like? Because I know that, again, just looking at the, the raw skills, like you stand out in a lot of ways. And I think that, and again, and the tape, especially at Tennessee, backs it up. What was your combine experience like? Man, it was, oh man, it was unbelievable. Just, you know, walking in, um, in that stadium, just looking around. And as a kid growing up, you've been watching that all your life. And, you know, finally being a part of something like that, uh, which is uh, really special. But man, you know, I kept my composure. I knew mm -hmm. when coming in, it was business wasn't going to be starstruck and you know me being um a bit older my maturity and everything like i was coming on a mission to show you know the world like who i am and the abilities i have and so i just came in like with a dog mindset you know and just really you know just you know just letting everything go and just be myself you know also have fun with it you just cut everything loose and so, yeah, that was my mentality, you know, coming in. You can not feel like you can make something um, as big as you want or, you know, you can make it as small as you want. And so, you know, I didn't get caught up in the hype with the cameras and stuff like that. I came down the mission. Yeah, and you mentioned your age. Have you been surprised that people have been talking about it as much as they did? I mean, I don't think of it as a detriment. And you just mentioned a moment ago, like the maturity that goes along with it. I see it as a positive. Are you surprised that people seem to be so hung up on it? I feel like I can finally say something about this. So with my situation and how I was raised, you know, I grew up in the church and everything. God timing is perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And I went through a lot of obstacles. You know, I had to beat a lot of odds to get where I'm at to this day. And like I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. I always say that in every interview. And so how I feel about it is if I was at a young age, year three, and I went to the league, you know, I, wouldn't, I wasn't as mature as I am now, even with money or dealing with certain situations that comes with having um, a lot of money. I, I feel like, you know, God wanted me to wait, you know, be patient. And so, you know, like I, um, like I said, I went through obstacles and stuff like that. I had a lot of downtimes in college, but you know, I never did give up on myself. And it took me six years, red shirted, and then I took a COVID year. But mm -hmm. through that process, it wasn't for nothing. I got an undergrad at USC and also got a master's. So I took fully advantage and also uh, perfected my craft also. So if I can go back and do it all over, I would change nothing. Like I said, God time is perfect time and everything happened for a reason. I took that course, you know, God knew I was gonna take that route before I even knew it. And so, and it really like, people talk about it, but it don't matter. I'm a baller at the end of the day. I know what I can do. Me being 25 year old is not gonna stop me from running past people and scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. I would be fast for a long time, strong for a long time and making plays for a long time, so. Is really irrelevant. And I can also say, I never had any major injuries in college. Only thing I had was like a boxing fracture and a high ankle sprain. Never broke a bone, never had surgery in my life. So honestly, I have the body of like a 21 or 22 year old. Then some guys that had a lot of injuries in college and that's, you know, gonna take punishment in the NFL, but I'm healthier, healthier as a, like a baby horse, like 
I'm I'm healthy as all get out. So that's really it's irrelevant. You know, people are gonna talk about it, but I only can control what I can control. And so, you know, they can just stay tuned on that. Yeah, that's and honestly, uh, the night that you were drafted, I was on the Tape Never Lies Network, and I was like, the only thing about being 25 or you were going to turn 25 is that you can rent a car. Some of your rookies can't rent a car. You're old enough to rent. That's it. And then to me, again, I just, I just, but I just see this as a positive. The Bears are looking for maturity. They're looking to set a new tone of guys who want to play football. Somebody who played six years of college football, who got his undergrad degree, got his master's degree, is somebody who loves football. That is why you are welcome on this team. And I think this is one of the reasons why everybody is going to love you is because of this mentality. And it also afforded you the opportunity to work on your skills because I'll be honest with you, watching you in your early days at USC to your last season at Tennessee, your route running has become incredible. Is that really been something that you take, obviously the, the, you know, the, the, the grease and everything and the hard work that you put in, but the route running, have you taken a lot of pride in that? Because it certainly shows on the field. Oh yeah, I most definitely did. Cause I knew, um, I knew that, you know, I have the physicality, I have the strength, I have the, the quickness, I have the speed and stuff like that. So what can separate me more is, you know, my route running ability. And so, you know, that came with like time and repetition, like doing it over and over, knowing when to, you don't have to run a route, you know, full speed every time. But in my head, I'm always like, you need to go, go time. But some routes, you know, you can actually take your time on and put finesse to it. So I've been, you know, over the years, been working on a lot of finesse with my route craft. And so, you know, that's something that I'm still working on, you know, it don't never, yeah. any receiver, you know, they can get better at something. And so I'm really excited about um, year one. And, you know, my expectations on this season is really no expectations. I'm gonna go out there and have fun and give it my all. And I, at the end of the season, I'll look up and see what it's looking like. And that's the proper mentality to have. And going through that draft process, now you were selected by the Bears. Did you, if I got, if I recall the, the story correctly, you saw that the Chicago area code came up, come up on your phone. You almost didn't answer it. Is that true? That is true. Because, <laughs> like, man, like, if, only if you know, like, what I went through as a child, you know, um, being on Section 8, uh, moving to Saraland, Alabama, outside of my, um, Mobile, seeing my grandmother work three jobs. Um, dad was working also. So I was at the house with my aunts most of the time. They were in high school. And it's like, man, like, you know, just, you know, going through the struggle and, you know, seeing my grandmother, my family work so hard and stuff like that. And always being humble, you know, always was happy with um, what I had. And, you know, that really wasn't much. And it's just like, man, you know, to be in the position I am now, is like it's nothing but God. So I, I was definitely like in shock. It, it felt like a dream, honestly, because it's like, you know, the percentage is just so small, even getting drafted. And so, like, man, really speechless. I was speechless, but yeah, I almost didn't answer the phone because I was just like stunned. But you were working. If you correct me, if this is incorrect or wrong, but. You were texting previously, though, with Justin Fields. You have a little bit of a relationship with him. You couldn't have been that shocked that Chicago was calling you. What is your relationship or what was your relationship heading into the draft like with Justin Fields? So, I mean, I remember we followed each other probably around my first year in Tennessee and stuff like that. 
And I remember when he was going through the draft, um, and, you know, they started uh, making up stuff about him and this and that. I, I, if I recall, he dropped a little in the first round because they were, you know, it was some BS. But I was just telling him, like, don't even worry about that. Like, you're going to be great. And that was a while back. And recently, you know, I got on with the call with the Bears and stuff like that. Um, you know, just going over plays and stuff. And I remember getting off that call, just talking to everybody. And I was like, after, you know, I DM Justin. And I was like, I feel really good about this. I like this one of the best, you know, interviews I had, you know, talking to the staff and everybody. And it's like, like, man, I was like, I was like, tell them let's make this happen and stuff like that. And he was just saying, you know, they was like watching film and stuff like that. Um, they like, um, they liked me a lot. So he was like, we'll see where the chips fall. And when I got drafted, he texted me, um, DM me, and was like, uh, we spoke this into existence. And he like sent me his number and told me, lock him in, let's go to work. Oh, I love that. Who are who are some of the guys that you also talked to? Were you talking to Luke Getze? Were you talking to the Eberflus, Ryan Poles? Who are the guys who are on those calls when you're doing the uh, pre-draft interviews? Um, all of them. Um, well, except for um, Ryan. Except for mm -hmm. Ryan. Yeah, everybody. And yeah, Coach Flus, like, we got on the phone and it even went to like religion, like like my faith in God and stuff like that. And I know he's a um, big man of faith um, as well. And that's why I was shocked because, you know, I never ever, you know, got on a call and talked about um, your faith, like what you believe in, knowing everything happens for a reason. And so that's why I was so like blown away from that conversation. And I was like, man, like, and he was just telling me, um, he told me that a lot of people um, don't give you the credit you deserve and how good you actually are. But he was like, I know how good you are. And he was like saying that that's all that matters. And he was just telling me, like, don't worry, don't stress and everything. Um, everything going to um, go as planned, you know, as it should, the way it's set up by God. And I was like, man, that made me feel so much better. And it's crazy, you know, they end up drafting me. So I feel like they had an idea, but, you know, it actually happened. It was just mine. It was mind blowing. Yeah, I really like the way everything is broken down because you look at, and I know a lot of people, I was even one of these people who said, you know, the Bears need to draft or need to address the wide receiver position in the draft. And then they had the two second round picks. And of course we go with the, with the, with the Kyler Gordon out of, out of Washington, uh, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. And you're like, okay, we still have a third round pick. It's clear to me that their plan was to fortify the defense. They knew you were going to be there. They were faithful in that, and they they locked you in. You were the guy that they wanted. And the, you were brought in because of your skills and the the things that you're able to do on the field, your maturity. Um, and, you know, you, you look at some of these other guys, and you're like, they have potential possibly or whatever, but I think that you are already locked in ready to go. So when you have these meetings and you get to the bears and you're working with Luke Getze, have they already set aside? Like, have they already kind of showed you like what the plan is for you? What's expected of you? What, what, what is it going to look like for you in year one? Man. Um, like I said, no, I've been visualizing a lot, but really, you know, they've been moving me around everywhere from the slot, you know, to XZ. I've been moving me everywhere. They want me to know all the concepts. So they're able to move me everywhere, you know, 
and be able to give me certain looks and stuff, and especially get the ball in my hands, because I feel like that's a big part of my skill set, how good I am with the ball in my hands, with my physicality to break tackles, and also my speed to get open field, like knowing nobody would catch me. And so I feel like, you know, I showed glimpses, you know, going to rookie minicamp, also OTAs and stuff like that. And so, you know, the big thing was, I remember in meetings, we was just going through film and stuff and looking at finishes. And Coach um, Type, the receiver coach, he was like saying, Bayless, every time you touch the ball, Oh, no, we lost your audio. Uh, lost the audio for Bayless. He's talking about, that's okay, just a little bit of an audio glitch right here. But talking about getting back on to speed. Can we hear you? Can you hear me now? I got you, buddy. Yeah, somebody gave me a phone call about that. <laughs> no, no problem. You're, yeah. you're, you're an important person. It's all good. Um, so, um, well, yeah, he was like saying, every time you touch the ball, everybody in the stadium knows, like, needs to know that you're probably going to take it to the house. Like mama that goes that man, he just showed some clips I had where I broke some long runs after catch and practice and stuff like that. And so that's the mindset, you know, um, I have, and that's the expectations they have for me. And that's why they draft me. Um, a big part of why they draft me as well, because what I could do when I get the ball in my hands. Would some of that include, and I don't know if you can, you know, share too much, but like, you know, you a lot of people will draw comparisons to the way Debo Samuel was used in San Francisco last year where he was taking hands off or handoffs. Have you guys worked on that? Is that something that is a possibility for you? Or, or if you're even, I don't want you to get in trouble, but, uh, but I also kind of want to scare the Packers be like, you don't know how Bayless is going to get it, but he's probably going to score on you. But have you used, have you taken any handoffs in, in practice? Um, I, I won't speak uh, much on that, but just <laughs> know like they're going to use me in all different type of ways um, to get the ball. I got you. Listen, bloggers, don't take anything out of context. We're not talking about it. We're gonna. He's going to be used in a variety of different ways. That's the message, and I think that that's what everybody is anticipating, especially with your skill set. Uh, let's talk about a couple of your uh, new teammates, though. We talked about Justin Fields. How's his development looked? I think last year a lot of people were disappointed, and I know Bears fans in particular, because we were so excited when Justin Fields was drafted that we thought like, hey, it's cool you brought in Andy Dalton, but like, let's be serious. We got Justin Fields now. There should be no debate. He didn't get a lot of reps with the first team, if anybody. And it just, it was kind of a lost season for him. What's it been like with him? What's it like with him in the in the huddle? And uh, how's he coming along as a quarterback? Man, he just makes, he just make everything like so smooth and like in a huddle. Um, it's like, you know, he's telling you the plays, you know, He's not like calling the play. He's actually like telling you the plays. Like he's so locked in. And his drive and his mindset is like like nothing I ever seen. This man is working out, uh, throwing, like, and you know, I had, you know, rookie academy. So, you know, you gotta go through the rookie stuff and you gotta have like speakers and stuff tell you, you know, what not to do. You know, just going through the whole rookie process, you know, you got extra uh, like an extra meeting or so um with people coming in talking about um financing and stuff like that and um uh, financial 
like financial things. But after we're done with those, I come back, he's still in the building. Like this man, like is always in the building putting in work. And that really motivates me, you know, to like see my quarterback putting in the work. So that makes me more, you know, want to go catch extra jugs or something like that. It's just his drive and like, it's like nothing I've never seen before. And I know like it's all going to pay off for him this season, but he's definitely locked in and focused on the season. And that really motivates me to see your quarterback with that type of mentality. I love to hear that because like you said, you know, there was a lot of things going into his draft process where people, I, I never understood it and I will never under, and it's fine, but I will never understand, especially if somebody doesn't watch a lot of college football and you put in the game of Clemson versus Ohio state from the playoffs a couple of years ago, you watch the two quarterbacks, which quarterback do you want in that game? To me, it's always been Justin Fields. You can go through, I know you follow me on Instagram. You can go back and find it. I was posting, I was, you know, you talk about breathing it into existence. I was posting almost every day, like Justin Fields is going to end up being our quarterback. So I could not be more thrilled. I love that he's, he's out there putting in that work. What about Darnell Mooney though? There's another guy, you know, we, we talk about, you know, it's funny because, you know, Justin's got to be a little bit motivated with people doubting him. You obviously, everything that you've gone through. Darnell Mooney is another player who puts up, the, it is a wide receiver one in the NFL, but people act like he's not. What's it like being out on the field with him? Man, like a real pro, like him and Justin, like real pros and Mooney, like, after practice, you'll see him like running heels or something like that, always doing something like, and I'm one of the last ones I, um, after practice. You know, I had a lot of the rookie academy stuff, so I had a certain amount of time before I had to get to a meeting. But, you know, I'll be out there catching jugs. He's still out there, like, and or catching jugs. He even got his own jug machine at his house that I'm going to have to come use when I get back. <laughs> yes. so it's like, like I said, like him and Justin be like, always in the facilities, always in the facilities. Um, even on, you know, weekends, like putting in work and stuff like that. It's like crazy. He's like a real pro. And, you know, he was just giving me some tips and stuff like that. I'll say he like put me uh, under his wing and stuff. Like if I need help to know what a concept is, he'll help me with it. And that feels um, good to know you have a group of receivers around you, even um, Brian Pringle from Equinemia, St. Brown and stuff like that, that actually, you know, help me and give me tips because, you know, um, Equinemia was also in this offense. So he came in knowing a lot of things already. Mm-hmm. And so those guys, you know, uh, giving me, you know, courage, wisdom, or helping me on concepts and stuff like that. Um, I feel like, no, that's a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl team. People that's willing to help each other. People that's willing, because at the end of the day, we're all just together. If you're not together, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, those guys, um, great guys, and they all put in work. Ever like the whole receiver core. It's, it's crazy. Nothing like I've ever seen. Yeah, Cole Komet's another guy that we also feel, again, I also feel could come out of there and do some nice things. I know that people are disappointed that he didn't, he didn't show up his rookie year and become George Kittle. But I, there's another player that I look at that I think that last year did some nice things and is probably going to be able to take a step again in this offense, what's it been like working with Cole Komet? Man, um, a real leader, a real leader, you know, take um, take charge of things like that. And also, you know, he gave me a lot of advice, you know, even things like off the field and stuff like that. And so, like I said, great guy. And come to work, 
don't complain, always grinding, always um, making the play. So, yeah, it's nothing but positive things to say about him. Yeah, it feels like this receiving core, every all the pass catchers, it, it seems that everybody's just kind of underestimating them. You also include David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. So I, I feel like the team, I feel like you've got a lot of people around Justin Fields, but whenever you go on, and hopefully you don't, I know that we've talked about this, about not spending a lot of time on Twitter. It always amuses me when they act like would they, they're, they're not setting up Justin Fields to be successful. I take it the other way. I, I think that with the group of players that you have right now, I think you guys have the mentality. I think that you have the mentality. I think you have the skills. How do you guys feel as a group? Do you feel kind of slighted by the national media, by even some of the local media? Is that something that you guys talk about, or do you worry about it at all? We don't worry about it at all, because at the end of the day, everybody knows what they bring to the table. I definitely know what I bring to the table and the receiver I'm going to be. And so, like, we just go to work every day. We have fun, go to work, but we know who we are. We know we're going to be something to reckon with. And, you know, you don't worry about that. If you do what you're supposed to do, you know, the work will show, you know. And, you know, that'll shut people up. And so, yeah, we just go out and do us. We don't even talk about stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, it is irrelevant. Because we all we got at the end of the day, the players. And so, you know, when we're winning, when we are winning, you know, they can jump on, they can jump off, they can do what they want to do. So, oh, we've we, got the re- we've got the receipts. Don't worry, we're not going to let nobody's jumping on the train too late. We've got we've got all the receipts. We've been doing this a long time. We know who's been on board. Who's oh yeah, not been on board. So you don't have to worry about that. Again, you guys stay humble. Let me. Let the rest of us, you know, go out there and do this. Although I do have to say one thing, though, and I I meant to bring this up. Your drawing ability. I, listen, um, I don't think, I didn't send it to Sammy, so we can't throw it up. But everybody's seen it by now. It's on social media. You are given the task of drawing the Bears logo from memory. Mm -hmm. It was abstract. It was, it was, it was, it was interesting. Uh, What would I, I appreciate the fact that you went for the, the, the bear. You didn't go for the C. You went for the bear. What, what, what made you take such a huge swing there? So they put a time limit on me. That's what. Because, you know, we was going to rotation in different rooms and stuff like that at the NFL um, uh, rookie premiere. And that was like, yeah, you got this amount of time. Like, bro, draw your logo. And I was like, man. So first thing in my head, like I clicked, I wasn't even thinking about the C on the helmet. <laughs> I was thinking of the bear because that's what I think about Chicago Bears. That's the first thing that came in my head. And so I definitely had, the, I would say I had the easiest one, but I am pretty decent at drawing. Cause I remember I used to like, you know, doodling a lot and stuff like that. Because if you go back and look when they put our schedule up and they, you can actually go to the bears page. And I drew the Buffalo, uh, not the Buffalo. Yeah, I drew the Buffalo because we had like the teams we played. I drew the Buffalo. So go back and look at the Buffalo. And I didn't even really take my time with that. But it's way better than what people think. I'm going to have to do a drawing or something and post it. <laughs> well, you do a drawing. We'll we'll put a we'll put it on a T-shirt and sell it or something like that. We should go out there. We should make some money off that. But you know, go out there. I, 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 again, I will tell you, and I told you at that moment, I said, you, you, you didn't take the easy way out. That's the mentality that we like in Chicago. Nobody, nobody's cutting corners. Nobody's taking the easy way out and we love it. And 
You know, I was going to say this too. Um, just to let you know, there is a friend of mine named Sean Sullivan, who is a an ardent Tennessee fan. And he told me years ago, because, you know, I do a lot of fantasy football. He goes, whatever you do, make sure you draft Alvin Kamara in your fantasy leagues. And this is back, you know, the, the Saints had Mark Ingram, the Saints had Adrian Peterson that year. And I'm like, okay, I'll listen to you. I went out there and I, I took Alvin and obviously he had a fantastic rookie season. I won my fantasy leagues. I saw Sean at a wedding a couple of months ago and he came up to me and he says, Hey, you know, and obviously he knows I'm a Bears fan. He goes, you know what? He's like, I'm giving the Sean Sullivan stamp of approval to Bayless Jones Jr. How do you feel? I think that is the highest decoration that you can get. How do you, how do you feel about living up to that legacy? And do you kind of like look at what Alvin Kamara has been able to do in the league and be like, I, I can be that guy as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, your, uh, your guy's a smart man. <laughs> and I will also say, yeah, even with Alvin, going, being recruited out of high school, going on official visits, Alvin was actually at Tennessee. Tennessee was my third school at the time. It was USC, Oklahoma, then Tennessee. That's when Butch was there. But I hung out with Alvin and everything. Like, Alvin know who I am. I was just talking to him not too long ago. Definitely going to get with him during the offseason. But he's also a ball. And... Yeah, Alvin was kind of, you know, similar situations, kind of like the underdog came from Alabama. You know, they thought he wasn't going to be good to play. So, you know, went to Tennessee to show what he can do. And so I felt like he definitely came in the NFL with a chip on his shoulder and a mindset because Alvin was strong. We all know Alvin was strong, shifty, fast. But, you know, people, whatever you do, you're going to have doubters. That's LeBron James. That's Curry. Curry still, the people still doubt Curry. Curry have four rings now. Oh, they still got something to say. So I feel like when you continue to be great and stuff like that, you always going to have somebody that don't believe in you. But that's not for you to prove them wrong. It's to prove yourself right, that you know you can be the player you know you can be. And so I feel like me and Alvin, um, I feel like I'm becoming a lead with a similar like mindset, but not proving, but proving to myself, knowing I can have the season. I know I can have. And so I see the um, um, the similarities when it comes to me and Alvin, for sure. That's what I've been going to ever since he brought it up and I kind of stole it from him. And I just, I, this is the first time I've acknowledged him just because I felt like I should. Um, giving you the stamp, I, I'm like, yeah, like Alvin Kamara, like very similar third round guy coming in there. A lot, not a lot of people gave him credit. Yeah, obviously he, he started some, he started in Alabama before he ended up in Tennessee. So there's a lot of similarities of changing schools and, and all that stuff. So I love that. And I love that mentality. And I think that, um, you know, you follow in that lineage. That's what you want to do. You want to be able to, to, to kind of follow in the footsteps of the guys who have done it for you. And we, we talk about Tennessee and we talk about USC, you know, those are blue bloods of the college football what is it like coming to the Chicago Bears where, you know, we are still, we, listen to me, um, I'm, I'm bringing us along. Uh, we all, yeah. we, okay, we're all in this together. We're one of the blue bloods of the NFL. We really are. Whether, you know, it, we haven't won a Super Bowl since 85, but we still have nine NFL titles, second only to the Green Bay Packers, which we are going to change at some point. What is it like going to a team like Chicago? I know that you mentioned, you know, drawing the logo. You thought of the logo. What has it been like? How cool has it been so far? I, again, I told you this back uh, a couple of months ago that people are going to love you in Chicago. But what has it been like to be a member of the Bears? Man, it's been a blessing. And 
that's knowing all the history it holds. And also, you know, me growing up. And you got another phone call. See, people are calling in. <laughs> but I also have um, growing up as a kid, you know, seeing like uh, David Hester and stuff like that. You know, him making plays just being on special teams, playing as long as he did, but being one of the best former returners of all times, or returners of all times. And just saying like the history it holds and stuff like that. Like, man, um, it's really a blessing. I just can't wait to, you know, to make my mark and leave a mark on this place. However, you know, God want me to play. But I'm praying that my whole career is at Chicago. And so, man, it's really been a blessing. The staff is great energy. Um, coach is all about treat everybody with respect from, you know, like from the coaches all the way down, you know, to the um, cafeteria people. Everybody's everybody's equal. Treat everybody with respect. And he's a huge about respect. And so, like, it's good energy. It's great vibes. And I've been, you know, going to sleep, visualizing, seeing me make plays. And I see some huge things happening this season, um, believe it or not. And so it's been a dream come true. Um, love Chicago. Love this place. Got a chance to go around and see the city, eat a deep dish pizza, <laughs> like man, it's just great vibes and stuff. I'm happy, and it's it's no better feeling, you know, playing somewhere where you're truly happy and real excited. Yeah, the deep dish though, you don't have to do all the time. Like I know that we're famous for it, but it's 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 sort of like Christmas. It's sort of like Thanksgiving dinner. Like you don't do it. You don't eat Thanksgiving every week, so it's you have relatives in town. You got to go out and do that. Yeah. Every once in a while, though, you'll probably, I don't know, I, again, I told this to Kari when he came over, when he came on the show. I'm like, there will be a place in your neighborhood that's a a tavern, like, slash liquor store pizza place. Chicago Thin Crust Pizza is the best pizza. And once you start getting, in the offseason, of course, I need you to be, you know. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but in the offseason, when the season's over, after our playoff run is done, uh, you can go out there and get some of that thin crust. But. Listen, this is the thing. I just wanted to thank you um, so much because, again, we're so excited to have you uh, in Chicago. And I know that, that the doubters and the people who are not believing in you, that is what Chicago is all about, is rallying around people like yourself. So we really appreciate you. And as long as you go out there and you continue to put in that effort and you continue to play and love football, this town will love you back. So, Bayless, thank you so much for being here, and uh, can't wait to have you back some other time. I appreciate you, my man, for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, we'll, we'll hold you to that. We'll bring you back at some other time. Thank you so much, but we will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for your time. You've been very gracious. And uh, there he goes. The great Bayless Jones Jr., the guy who I believe can, you know, make an impact during his rookie season. And a lot of the things that he was talking about Ring true. I think that when you draft a player like Bayless Jones Jr., you do so believing that he has a skill set to offer you. There is a role for everybody on this team. And I think too many times, and this is one of the big problems I have with a lot of the national media, and when they write things or tweet things about how the Bears have not put Justin Fields into a position to succeed – I find that extremely laughable. When you think about what they've done during this offseason, I think going out there and getting Lucas Patrick, 
was a huge deal for this team. You want a center who can run this offense, be the captain of the offensive line. And I don't, I'm not saying that Lucas Patrick is on the same level as let's say Alex Mack, but when he went to Atlanta, you could tell what an impact it it meant. And you think about Lucas Patrick playing with Luke Getze or playing under him as the, as the, the quarterback's coach in green Bay, he comes in with a lot of familiarity. He doesn't have to learn a new offense. He knows the offense he's helped teaching that offense. So I think right there, again, people just act like the Bears did not address the offensive line. Like, well, they they did bring in a center who knows the offense. I think that is a very key detail that a lot of people are overlooking. And again, you know, there's there's been a lot of, you know, consternation about who's going to start where on the offensive line. But until we start seeing these players in helmets and pads, none of that stuff matters right now. It just doesn't. And all this stuff will be worked out in the wash. And then you talk about the pass catchers. This is my biggest thing. And this is one of the things that I, this is why I believe in, in Baylor's Jones is that if you would have said going into the draft, the bears were going to draft one of the top receivers from the sec on the second day of the draft, they don't have to move up into the first round. I would have been okay with it. And I know a lot of people, might not have been extremely familiar with him when he came out of the draft. It doesn't matter. It matters what he does now. How many of you were huge Darnell Mooney fans when he came into the league? You did not know who he was. When he was drafted, you were like, who is this player? I've never heard of him. Oh, now he's a wide receiver one. I think Bayless deserves the same amount of deference and respect coming into this league because he went out there and he proved it on the SEC level. And I'm not, and listen, I'm not making this up either. You can go back and watch the game against Alabama. You can go back and watch him against some of the other bigger teams in the league. The SEC being that league. He plays his best in the biggest games. And if he does that for us, going up against the Green Bay Packers, all those teams, then I certainly appreciate it. And we appreciate him being here on the show. And by the way, you can listen to the sick podcast with Adam rank on AM 1530 WCKG in Chicago. We're, this is our Chicago home. So if you're listening to us from your car, if you got the radio on right now, we thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks to Johnny Z for putting together this great lineup on AM 1530. Cause after us, the no name pod with Olin Krutz, Jason McKee will be coming up another great hour of Bears talk. Make sure you stick around for that. Or if you're listening to us on the podcast, you know, make sure you, you download the No Name Pod. Give them a listen. You will not be disappointed. also want to tell you, if you like the shirt that I'm wearing, if you're watching me on YouTube right now, I got a sick, uh, ooh, my grand, sorry about that, uh, JF1 shirt. If you like this shirt, you can go, yeah, there you go. Shop the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank Collection. For the sickest Bears merch, go to sickattire.com and you can purchase it. Go check out some of the swag that we got. We got stuff with Justin Fields. We got some Darnell Mooney. Take it to the Mooney. Mooney over Miami. No, we didn't have that one. But listen, we're uh, we're producing new shirts all the time. So go check it out. 
sickattire.com. Go check out my collection. You can buy some Bears merch, go bumping around, look pretty cool. At some point, we need to collaborate with Valus Jones Jr., uh, perhaps finding a way to, to both of us work together to make some shirts to go out there, outfit everybody, make everybody look super cool. Now, when we started the show, we were talking about the proposal of putting a dome over Soldier Field. We did get a tweet, and if we could bring that up, Sammy, I would like to uh, to bring this up right now. Um, I said, and I said this on Twitter, I feel like I like Soldier Field. I do. And listen, I like Soldier Field. I have no problem with it. Soldier Field has been home to many of us. And, you know, I remember one time, this is uh, this is before I was born, but my father took my mother and my two sisters to a game in Soldier Field, and he told them, he was adamant, wear a heavy coat, wear a heavy jacket. We are not leaving this game early. My dad, a proud retired U.S. Navy man, wore a windbreaker and uh, took the family home in the third quarter because he was too cold. And the Bears, it was in the 70s. The Bears were terrible. I don't even know if Walter Payton was on the team when this happened. Again, this was before I was born. Uh, I would have stayed. But in any event, uh, I like Soldier Field, but adding a dome doesn't seem like the correct idea. At Bears fan with a brain said, the correct answer is moving and building an epic stadium that can host events year-round and make endless amounts of money. And Bears fan with a brain, you are absolutely correct. And one of the things is, again, I like Soldier Field. I love I love Chicago history. Again, I wish Wrigley, I wish – Comiskey Park had never been torn down. And I will tell you this. This is a, a, a quick little aside. You look at Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, Comiskey Park in 1990, before they tore it down. You cannot tell me that Comiskey was so dilapidated that it needed to be torn down. If they would have put the care into it, if they would have put the 30 years of development into it, kind of like what you see right now. Like if you look at Wrigleyville, if you look at the the area surrounding Fenway Park, if they had kept Comiskey and they had just built around it, and I know a lot of people's complaints about Comiskey were, ah, the, 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 the corridors are too cramped and it was difficult to navigate. But if you would have built out a ballpark village and had the concessions kind of outside the stadium, kind of built out that way, and of course you would have redone the clubhouse underground like they've done at Wrigley, you might have added some things, maybe put some luxury boxes on the roof in the outfield. Because I would have kept the – I love the sight lines of that. Because by the way, like if I was if I was building a new stadium now, I would be like, I wanted to make it look like old Comiskey. Because I think that the way that the, the outfield lines were were perfect. So I, I say all this meaning I love history and I love the deference and respect and I love the tradition of Soldier Field being on the water. I will tell you that if you have ever been to SoFi Stadium, you would absolutely change your mind. You would absolutely change your mind on this because SoFi Stadium, along with some of the other football stadiums that have come along, but SoFi in particular is changing the way that you think about football stadiums. SoFi Stadium already has the YouTube theater next to it. The forum was already there. There's a huge lake. There's a lot of cool things going around and, I, and our NFL network offices are there you can see the hotels going up around it. So at some point, there's going to be hotels going up around it. There is going to eventually be a rail that comes from LAX, the SoFi Stadium. And if you went to Arlington Heights and you 
put in a stadium. You started building hotels around it. I know there's no hotel inventory around there right now, but you build hotels around it. You put in a Chicago Bears Hall of Fame, NFL experience type of thing. I would even build a NFL network outpost for people like Stacey Dales and Tom Pelissaro can hang out before games and do broadcasting from a studio. There is a huge opportunity for the Bears who not only will you get a state-of-the-art stadium to play football in, you will also have the ability to host things like AEW Double or Nothing, I guess WrestleMania as well. You could also have, you know, other things in there, other events like the Final Four. Like it makes too much sense. And then the Bears, you know, they go out there and they make money and then they start investing more into the team, more infrastructure, more analytics department, more coaching, more, more scouting, all sorts of things. It just leads me to believe that at some point the Bears have to join the modern NFL. And I know it's tough. Bear, bear weather, bear football. This is a thing that my dad always tells me. He said, the idea of bear, bear weather died in, what was it, 1988? When the soft, I'll just, I won't finish the sentence that he said. He's like, those soft bleep 49ers came to Soldier Field and defeated the number one seed Chicago Bears in 1988. And he said that was the day that bear weather, the notion of winning games, of, of scaring these West Coast teams absolutely died. Now in 85, of course, the, the Rams looked like they didn't want to be in the NFC championship game, but the 49ers went out there and just ran through, just destroyed the bears. And at that point, it's like, all right, let's just put a dome over it. I mean, imagine building a stadium now and be like, you know what, back in, back when George Hallis was first playing football, uh, they didn't have restrooms in the stadium. So we're just going to put a bunch of outhouses. You'd think that was lunacy. Why not take advantage of what's available to you? And I think that's what the bears need to do. So, and you know what? I have a whole thing on Aaron Rodgers tattoo. Why don't we save that for Tuesday night for take it to the rank? Um, we got a lot of, why don't you think about this? Aaron Rodgers tattoo is one of the most questionable decisions in football history. What are the more questionable decisions in bears history? Why don't you bring that up? Uh, once again, big thanks to Bayless Jones, Jr. My best friend for being here. Thanks to everybody. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.